like we've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. PM and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this January 31st, 2012. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino along with my tag team partner and co-host David Gomez. Sir, how are you doing t- this evening? Uh, I am doing fabulous. <laughs> That's good to hear. Sir, we have an abbreviated show. We're the next big thing next to Mike and the Mad Dog. Of course. So before we get under the show underway, let's give out the contact info. Folks, as always, the call-in number, 714-364-4721. Once again, 714-364-4721. You can check out, folks, our website that I designed, of course, puregoldpg.com. Folks, we have so many things going on. We have shows, guests, amazing things coming up in the very near future. We have a huge show coming up this Saturday that we're going to plug throughout this abbreviated show. Saturday, 10 a.m., we are going to be at the Whole Foods in Union, New Jersey. It's going to be an amazing show from 10 to 2, our first ever live show. Folks, we will be giving out these awesome, wonderful business cards that I'm looking at with all of our show info, amazing, good stuff, of course. Uh, And as I mentioned earlier, when you check out our website, you can look at the fact that you can follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our videos, and most importantly, now, for the first time ever, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. That's right, P-G-O, baby, is on iTunes. Joe, how big is that? That is huge, and you can download them for free, so that's another huge plus. Of course. The one thing I want to tell you, folks, is that anybody that's listening out there, our remote is from 10 to 12, not from 10 to 2. I don't know what DG's going to be doing for Sorry, that. Sorry, folks, uh, I don't know what that was about. Four, I mean, it's, it's a four hours action-packed, what can I say? <laughs> it definitely is. So let's get this show underway. We have an abbreviated show, like I said. So Three the, times. Yep. The road to WrestleMania began with the Royal Rumble this past Sunday, and then we had Monday Night Raw to discuss. So in that order, sir, the pay-per-view, what would you think? Uh, I think that you and I were both correct that it was not worth getting. I know we spoke about this off the air. I heard a lot of comments. I saw a lot of comments. I mean, just li- things. Listen to uh, Busted Open. Listen to Justin's show this this afternoon. And sir, it really just seems like uh, the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie. The show was not that good. That's all I can say. I haven't heard anybody say otherwise. I've heard no one say that it was great, that it was wonderful, that it was awesome, that it was worth the money. It was not worth the money. There is no doubt about that. As a matter of fact, I heard people talking about the Rumble show itself. The actual uh, match was was one of the more boring ones. They had a ton of mid-carders. If you look at the lineup, it was amazing the number of mid-carders that they had. I was I was definitely disappointed in that. Um, you know, there's so many things we can get into, sir. Uh, but, you know, we have a guest on the line this evening. We are joined once again for the first time in 2012. We have with us a member of the Pure Gold team, the one and only Pyro Falcon from OnlineOnslaught.com. Pyro, how in the world are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys doing? 
We're doing fabulous as always, and obviously you heard me uh, getting into a little bit about the Royal Rumble. Uh, give us your take briefly, sir. What did you think about the pay per view? Was it uh, was it worth the money? Because everything I everything I heard, everything that, that I've you know looked at, I haven't found anybody who thought that it was. Well, in the moment, I felt it was worth it, but uh, 24 hours removed when I was writing the uh, wrong recap, I kind of had a change of heart. It was okay, but uh, it was probably. Uh, I would say among WWE's standard direct, it wasn't anything special. I mean, you know, the Royal Rumble match itself is always a bit of fun, but not $45 worth of fun. Right. I remember but last year it was I, actually pretty good. I remember uh, Alberto the Real won, and, you know, I, I went to watch that at my uh, my sister-in-law's house, as a matter of fact, and I was so excited. I had to get it. I, you know, I wanted to get it, and it was worth it. So, you know, it's a shame that out of the big four pay-per-views, you always figure the Royal Rumble is definitely worth the money, and it's unfortunate that even you just admitted that it wasn't. Yeah, uh, C-plus is what I gave it on my online onslaught recap, and I'm thinking I overrated it, maybe a C-minus. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we looked at the Royal Rumble pyro, I mean, we did a preview show last week. We talked about there's only two viable winners that we thought. We thought it would be either Sheamus or Chris Jericho, just for obvious reasons. And Sheamus won it, deservingly so, I think. Um, But that now also puts, I think, Chris Jericho in a, a somewhat of a pickle because... Unless he wins the Elimination Chamber, I'm not sure what he meant by it's the end of the world as we know it. What do you think? I honestly have no idea. I'm <laughs> After his non-performance at Royal Rumble, his comment makes absolutely no sense. And if he's declaring war on Punk, that will be an awesome rivalry and feud, and they can have some really amazing matches and promos. But his line makes absolutely no sense at all. So, right. Who knows? Well, that might know, be a case of uh, uh, the creative team having an idea and then changing their mind at the last second. Well, I've heard, uh, you know, it's been reported different dirt sheets that part of the reason that they did change it was because of the dirt sheets, because so many people were expecting Jericho to win. They wanted to swerve us, and to me that just doesn't make any sense because obviously Sheamus deserved to win in terms of, uh, you know, pushing him and getting him up there to the main event. For WrestleMania, but storyline-wise, only Jericho winning made sense, and it's the way it should have been. End of the world as we know it, you know. And uh, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about the Rumble, but you know, fast forward to last night, we had him attacking uh, CM Punk, and like like Joe just mentioned, unless Jericho wins the Elimination Chamber, which I actually suspect that he will, my prediction, and I'll go on record right now, is that he will win the Elimination Chamber, and then he will carry the title into WrestleMania against Punk, where Punk will probably get the title back. Yeah, that's kind of uh, like uh, solid fantasy booking. I mean, no real comments on that. I mean, I all love to see that happen, but uh, I mean, there's, there's no other way. To, honestly, I don't see how you could book it where you get Jericho in the title picture because, all right, he attacks CM Punk great, but he doesn't have a title rematch. He doesn't have a title shot. So if he loses at Elimination Chamber, what right does he have to claim that he wants to face Punk at Mania? That's what I mean. Oh, true enough, unless he manages to upset Punk enough with his promos. I mean, you know, Jericho, he's probably, you know, among the top five. Well, he's definitely the top five of current WWE talkers. So, you know, he'd probably pull some excuse out of any given orifice and, you know, somehow warm his way into a title match at WrestleMania. Uh, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that that does sound um, just about the way it would go. I, I would be... I don't think Jericho's ever gotten any kind of title run that fast after coming back before, but, you know, maybe this is his year. Who knows? Right. When we talk about title pitches, we talk about the, you know, the the other main event at the Royal Rumble, which was CM Punk versus Dolph Ziggler, and 
Uh, we talked about this last week before the Rumble. We said that you know the heel was getting the upper hand pretty much every week, getting a pinfall over Punk, and then you know Punk was able to to beat Ziggler, and then just last night Ziggler lost to Randy Orton and injured Randy Orton, as far as I'm concerned, because it looks like he's not 100%. Do you think that Ziggler now falls into that category like the Miz, where he's back to mid-card for life? For life, probably not. um, I don't think mid-card's even uh, in mid-card for life, although I'm sure it'll take a while. I don't think Dolph is ready for the main event. Well, he wasn't ready for the main event when he first was in the main event. You know, he certainly wasn't ready for his title hold. Um, they probably gave it to him just because, like you mentioned, the creative team is petty and tends to like swerving us just because, I don't know, they want to feel smarter than us. But right. uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, and I think Dolph's time in the mid-card will be longer than Miz's time in the mid-card. But Dolph, you know, I've come around to him. I used to really despise him. I uh, didn't think he had any talent whatsoever. Not that my opinion matters much. But uh, uh, but he's come around, or I've come around to him. He's pretty solid. I can see him being in the main event eventually, like, yeah. you know, five years, but yeah, for the <laughs> short years. term, yeah, for, but for the, well, once Cena and Wharton start to slow down, I guess, but, uh, you know, I, for the short term, I certainly don't see Dolph anywhere near the main event. The, the one thing I must say, uh, Pyro, and I think we're all in agreement how we pretty much loathe Randy Orton. There's no reason why Randy Orton needs to pin Dolph Ziggler. I know they had Barrett up in the stands or in a in a, um, a luxury box. Why can't you have this match go a little longer, have a great match, and then have Barrett just interfere and cost you know like have it be a DQ or no contest? I don't think you need to have Randy Orton go over Dolph Ziggler last night. Yeah, but I mean, to me, there's really no reason not to do it. I mean, it doesn't really hurt Dolph, like. You know, we, he, if he's desperate for the mid card, it doesn't matter if he's pinned by Orton. And since uh, uh, they tend to be on opposite shows, it matters even less because you know whenever they end this silly little super show thing, they'll you know they won't interact with each other. I don't think it really matters. Although I, the whole segment did confuse me. It was just weird having Barrett watch from a skybox, and unless there's some reason they're gonna. Uh, come up with for next week, you know, it, it was just pointless and silly, like much of WWE is anymore. Well, you know, I, I actually disagree with you. I think that, uh, and I agree with Joe, I think that they did a bad job with Dolph because if you're going to bury him, and, and from all accounts, you know, getting almost pinned, having, being beaten four different times during the, the title match at, at the Rumble, he was obviously being buried. And, you know, I know that the Internet audience, the Internet fans are in love with him and, you know, they want to make love to him. But the truth of the matter is that Joe and I, you know, we think he's good. We think he has talent. I think probably a little bit more than you do. But he's not, you know, the, the second coming of uh, Y2J. He's not the second coming of CM Punk. He's not, I mean, people are talking about, you know, he's the best in the world. And, I mean, you know, other other shows and things. And, you know, like I said, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But I, I don't think Dolph is that great. But I've always hated guys like Orton and Cena always having to win in, in their matches. I would have loved it if Orton had been cost the match last night by a Wade Barrett and get Dolph a little momentum going. Because truthfully, when you look at the Elimination Chamber uh, lineup, I mean, none of those guys have a legitimate shot at winning other than Punk or Jericho. And the only one who, other than that, maybe would be uh, Ziggler. Now, I agree he's not ready for the main event picture now. He needs some more seasoning, maybe another year or so. And like I said, I'm not in love with him like everybody else seems to be. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that I think he should have won last night. And, and I think that it seems like they're burying him. If they're going to push him down to the mid-card again, they're going to have to build him back up at some point, you know. And, 
we talked about the whole Jericho thing and him not winning, but you know, I, we touched on this uh, a little earlier. Him attacking him attacking uh, Punk last night, breaking up that whole Daniel Bryan CM Punk match, which was excellent, by the way. Um, I mean, where do you see that going? If my prediction doesn't come true, Jericho doesn't win the Elimination Chamber. Um, we're obviously looking at Jericho versus Punk, but um, you know, is this going to be one of those things where Punk ends up with the upper hand at WrestleMania, or is Jericho going to get any type of title run? You know, at this point, at any point in his uh, tenure, now that he's back in the WWE for a third time. I think the only way Jericho is going to get a title run uh, for the rest of his career, not just this year, but for the rest of his career, this would be extremely short term. You know, Jericho's got his habit of uh, leaving the company to hang with Fozzie, and that's fine. You know, it's one of those things that everybody understands from the fans to uh, WWE's management, you know. So I don't think they would ever be wanting to give him the top title for anything longer than, you know, to be a transitional champion. That doesn't necessarily mean Punk will automatically have the upper hand at WrestleMania, but uh, because Punk is riding this huge, ridiculous momentum, and now that uh, Jericho has fully turned, I think you're right that uh, I don't see whether Jericho has the title at WrestleMania or not, I don't see how he could possibly go over Punk at WrestleMania. They'd probably have to do a title change like that, either at Elimination Chamber or if they keep the feud going long enough, whatever the uh, pay-per-view is after WrestleMania. I can't even keep uh, it. Extreme Rules, I believe. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it's well, Extreme Rules. Well, you know, that thinking that far ahead, that'd be kind of interesting since, uh, you know, it was Heyman who brought uh, CM Punk into WWE in the first place. Right. It might be kind of interesting to see those two have an Extreme Rules match. But, uh, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't see Jericho going over at WrestleMania. It just... Unless uh, the way they've booked it, there are too many faces winning at WrestleMania. I can't see it otherwise happening. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I do think that you know, odds are you're probably going to have a lot of faces winning at Mania. But in a case like Jericho, what I would love to see is I've, I've, always, I've never liked those one-month title reigns. I'd like to see him win at Elimination Chamber, surprise the world, and hold it, beat Punk at, at WrestleMania. Because even last year when he fought Edge, we thought that Edge was going to win after he won the Rumble. And obviously Jericho held it. So it would be great to see um it would be great to see well you know the last time that, that Jericho and, and Punk went at it which was a couple years ago um not last year but the truth of the matter is that I would love it if you have Jericho win keep the title for a couple months and then lose it back at Extreme Rules and have Punk you know again uh, hold the title but you know shifting gears to the SmackDown side of things we had Sheamus win and I definitely a big fan of Sheamus cause I think he can carry the company uh, on his back um the Great White as they call him I thought last night's role was a good way to open. I thought the opening was really good. You had uh, the two title holders coming out. You had the Laurinaitis situation. And then you had Sheamus coming out, of course. You kind of tie all that in. He's obviously going after Daniel Bryan. Are we going to see a rematch of last year's dark match at WrestleMania between uh, Sheamus and Daniel Bryan? Oh, probably. With uh, Mark Henry Hurt and Daniel Bryan doing his little – Heelish, um, you know, avoid getting, uh, you know, having a fair fight type of thing. Um, I have a feeling he'll hold it until WrestleMania. He'll somehow sneak out of the Elimination Chamber, not literally, but, you know, he'll he'll sneak away with a win somehow, um, get everyone upset at him. Um, Now, they've they've done a few uh, triple threat matches before WrestleMania, right, where the Royal Rumble winner will take on the Titleist in some third party. I don't think that'll happen here. I'm hoping the big show's uh, challenge for the title ends, you know, at probably Elimination Chamber. I don't know how they'll do it, 
But, yeah, a Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan match seems to be the obvious choice. And it's one fans alike. They work pretty well together uh, from what I've heard. So, you know, it, it won't be a train wreck or anything. Right. I actually agree with DG that, you know, Sheamus is ready to carry the show, and I think he'd be a great job. He'd do a great job. I think he needs a long title reign, maybe in the, the, the six- to nine-month range. The only thing I have to say about Sheamus winning is that they kind of did it in backwards order. Usually they have the up-and-coming star coming and winning the Royal Rumble and then having, you know, a couple title reigns. Sheamus had two title reigns before he won the Royal Rumble. Um do you, do you do you see my point that you know they kind of did it backwards with Sheamus? Yeah, they they did it backwards, but uh, you know that's not necessarily bad. The thing with Sheamus is he actually did his two title reigns pretty well. I mean, he didn't you know carry the show. He certainly didn't carry the company when he was a heel with the belts, but he played his part well. Um, I, I have to admit, I wasn't very interested in him back then. You know, it, it's like well, he was fighting John uh, Cena. Let's not be let's not forget about that. Cena sucked the air right. out of him quick. Yeah, that's true. And as we all know, as long as that, as long as the WWE Championship looks like a spinner, it's seen his belt for however long he doesn't have it. It's still his belt, but anyway. Right. Sadly, yes. You, you also mentioned uh, just something interesting before about the Super Shows. Does that end after WrestleMania? I don't get the point of the Super Show. I mean, it's just the, the rosters combined. Yeah, I think it's honestly WWE's, uh, um, what do you want to call it? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting my words tonight. Anyway... It's basically them um, acknowledging that their mid-card is extremely weak. I mean, the, I, the, re- the whole reason they've combined the shows is, or the rosters is because they know they don't have enough talent in either show to really make either show stand out, be exciting on its own. You have to mix them. Um, I think it's kind of sad because I know there's enough talent in the mid-card, at least wrestling-wise, that they could do a lot more. And, you know, maybe after WrestleMania they'll split the brands again and try to give some of the mid-carders another shot. I don't know. But, uh, right. you know, who right. knows what they're up to. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because uh, when we look at this whole picture, we look at everything going on, um, I'm pretty happy, I'm pretty content because it seems from all intents and purposes that Randy Horton and John Cessna, neither one of them will actually be in the main event at WrestleMania in terms of uh, a title. Yeah, he's gonna, you know, Cena's going to be fighting The Rock and whatever about that, but the truth is that as long as neither one of them is champion, I'm thrilled. What I'm afraid of, however, is the possibility, and this happened once before with Edge in the Elimination Chamber, there's a possibility in the back of my mind always where Cena somehow weasels his way into the Elimination Chamber, uh, beats up Kofi, takes his spot, and wins the title and goes into WrestleMania to fight The Rock with the title because he did tell him long ago that it was going to be a title match. That, of course, scares the crap out of me. And Randy Orton, as long as he's uh, breathing, there's always a chance they could throw him into the SmackDown main event and he could win at Elimination Chamber as well. So uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, Orton's hurt. Um, from what I gathered, uh, there was an idea that Orton would be the one to win the Royal Rumble so he could go after the SmackDown title, and part of the reason that was aborted was because he's not 100% yet. Although, admittedly, I'm, I won't say I'm starting to come around to Orton, but he, at least on Monday he wasn't a vapid waste of talent and black hole of, you know, anything interesting for right. once. But, um, you know, he's still not ready, and apparently, according to WWE's internal people, he's still hurt. So I don't think they'll trust him to win the Elimination Chamber. I mean, even if he's inserted into it, he's not going to win it. 
Right. Uh, plus, it would be it, it would come out of nowhere too fast for him to suddenly have the belt and then go, you know, just four weeks and then go after uh, WrestleMania and defend it against Sheamus or whatever. Um, so I don't see that happening at all. But as far as Cena goes, I think for the same reason that won't happen because if Cena somehow inserts himself into the main event at Elimination Chamber and somehow wins the belt, then, you know, Punk's going to have an issue with him. And, you know, just for the sake of storylines, Punk wouldn't say something like, well, you go ahead and fight The Rock and just keep my title until the next pay-per-view. I won't bother you, Patel. That's silly. So even if Cena were to embrace the hate and take the place of somebody somehow, um, you know, he he's not going to win the belt either. So well, the only reason that yep. those two just stay out of the elimination chambers completely. Oh, and, well, of uh, course. You know. <laughs> the only reason I threw that out there is because the last time Punk held the belt, when they came back after the whole uh, situation with SummerSlam, I mean, he got screwed by Nash, and he completely forgot about the title and wasn't even really involved in the title picture for a while, so there's always a possibility of that. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Like, I, wasn't it only one time, though, that they even mentioned that, that Cena mentioned it, that he wanted it for the belt or something? Because Rock's never said anything about wanting their uh, WrestleMania match for the belt or anything like that. It was pretty much a one-shot offhanded comment, and everyone yeah, carried it. That was so, the end, you know, that's true. Maybe we're just supposed to pretend it was never said, which is just fine by me. You know, speaking of Cena, I mean, we talked about this for months. Embrace I mean, the hate. Embracing the hate and the WWE <laughs> pigeonholing themselves Awful. into a match between him Awful. and between him and Kane and the match, you know, we th- we knew the match would end in a no DQ, uh, in a double DQ or something like that because you didn't want Kane to lose after this whole buildup of him coming back. You couldn't have John Cena lose, obviously, as he's going into WrestleMania. But now they're having this whole embrace the hate. I, I kind of see where the WWE is going here. I think the intention is to make this guy Cena either full-blown heel at WrestleMania or right after the match at WrestleMania. Do, do you think that they've done a good job so far with Cena? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, what they should have done is just left well enough alone. Because this is one of those situations where WWE sees this great opportunity, and rather than letting the story tell itself, rather than letting the wrestlers tell their own story themselves, they decide they want to put their fingers in the pie and make it better. And all it's done is ruin everything. I mean, this would have been, don't get me wrong, like I said before, uh, last time I even called in to Pure Gold, um, I actually like the original idea for this embracing the hate nonsense, but it would have been better not so close to WrestleMania. Like, if they're going to do this storyline, you could do it six months ago. Heck, you could do right. it two or three years ago, and it would actually be kind of relevant. Or if Cena wasn't going after The Rock, this would be kind of interesting. But with Cena and The Rock, uh, you know, a definite go for WrestleMania – that's the story everyone wants to see, and the reason everyone wants to see it is because of all the off-camera, um, you know, BS that's going on around between them. With, and it's all been real. I mean, the, some of the best promos Cena has cut, even against uh, Punk, has been because Cena's speaking the truth and being out of character more than in character. And all this is doing, especially with Kane's declaration on Monday, of if you can't beat me, you can't beat The Rock. It's it's preventing us from even uh, suspending our disbelief anymore. They're just, you know, bashing us over the head with an anvil of plot, like Rick is fond of saying. So early speculation, though, Pyro, like I asked, um, going does does heel um, does John Cena 
go into WrestleMania full blown heel, or does he go full blown heel uh, post match with John with uh, The Rock at WrestleMania? Uh, I think he'll. I think WWE wants us to. Uh, wait, let me back up. Try to word that better. I think WWE wants him to be full blown heel, but the best way they could have done that is to just left it alone. Because entering that match, if nothing had changed, he would have automatically been healed to everyone except kids and uh, women with terrible tastes in men. You know, whereas the rest of us, you know, are you know, we automatically think rocks the face in that match. So instead, by doing what they're doing now, uh, for WWE's um, mentality, Cena will be full heel. But for the rest of us, we're just going to care about him less. Right, right, and you know, it, it it's right. It, it's the problem, like we've said over and over again, is the whole pigeonholing. If you get, and there's two months still to WrestleMania, but if you could have given it more time to have this whole thing play out with Kane, it would have been better. And I mean, I don't know where the hell they're going with Zack Ryder, but you know, we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, I don't know what Kane is going to do for WrestleMania. I have absolutely no clue what the hell he's going to do at WrestleMania. So we'll kind of see where that goes. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow the WWE decides they're going to team up Kane and Cena after all this. Cena's going to go full-blown heel, and he's going to help. Uh, he's, uh, Kane is going to help him beat the Rock at WrestleMania. But speaking of return, speaking of WrestleMania, i got to talk about the dead man. Um, I'm not a fan of his, never have been, never will be. I hate the streak. I think it's ridiculous. But let's talk about that for a second. I have a theory. I want to throw it out. I want to be the first one in the in the entire known universe to say this. I'm hoping and I'm praying that there will not be a Triple H Undertaker 3 and a rematch from last year, but I, I think there's a possibility that that pat on the shoulder that Triple H gave uh, Taker was actually significant in the sense of Triple H saying, you know, sorry, big guy, I've moved on. It actually doesn't even make sense for him to fight again, and the fact that Taker's the one coming after Triple H really makes no sense, so give me your thoughts on that. Um, yeah, sorry, DG, you're probably number two since I already said all that in my online onslaught recap. But, well, I said uh, it yeah, yesterday, that's... so I don't want to hear it. I said it before there was any online outside recap. Let's just, let's just let that be known. And I'm saying it spoken word, so I said it first. I see. I see. All right. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you've said. Um, the only thing that terrifies me that I posited, uh, this will probably make you hemorrhage a little bit in your brain, <laughs> is I uh, posited that since Kane won't have anything to do for WrestleMania, if Triple H is, as you said, saying no, but then we're going to see Kane and Undertaker <laughs> at each other again. Yeah, yeah, I thought that would hurt. Seventeen, I'm, part seventeen. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I think there's, I actually think there's zero chance that'll happen. But I was just throwing it out there as a possibility. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I mean, they can't do Triple H Undertaker one more time. If you they can't. do, um, I mean, the Cena rematch was, or Cena the. Uh, Sean rematch when he fought Sean Michaels the second time. That was pretty solid. And, you know, it's one thing I don't agree with you on. I, I've always been a fan of The Undertaker, even though, you know, I, I know he's not a uh, uh, work rate guy at all. For him, it's all about the character rather than the work rate. But, you know, I'm right, right, right. Of course. I'm, yeah, and I, I have no shame in admitting that Undertaker is my second favorite wrestler of all time. Um, so I'm interested in it. Uh, I think the guy's legacies, especially Undertaker's legacy alone, sells the match. It doesn't matter who he's against so much for me. But um, that all said, I, I do agree with you. I think uh, Triple H was at least opening the door to the possibility of uh, of putting someone else in there. It's clear he said no to the challenge. Right. But, you know, th the only thing is I was racking my brain about it, and if, 
you know, Cena and Rock are busy together, and then you've got Sheamus probably going after Daniel Bryan. Right, and you've got uh, Punk probably going after Jericho. Who else is left to deal with The Undertaker other than Triple H? Unless yeah, Shawn Michaels decides issue. to come back for no reason and give us Shawn Taker 3, you know. I can't Joe see just, anyone else. Joe just deal. said the Miz. I'd love to see that see that happen. You know, what would be interesting is uh, I told I told um, Joe this. What I would, the only way I'd find Triple H Undertaker interesting would be if A Triple H ended the streak, if or if B Sean got involved and Sean actually went heel, decided to come back to wrestling, went full blown heel, turned on Triple H, super kicked him out of his socks and cost him the match, and then cut a wicked heel promo about how you know how dare he try to do what Sean himself couldn't do. You know, who the hell does he think? is, and then we have a nice DX feud with Sean being the heel and Triple H being the face, which has never been done. Um, there's no other way that I could see that happening. I don't want to see Triple H get retired by The Undertaker. I don't want to see that whole thing. Then The Undertaker single-handedly retiring DX in, in a four-year span. Nope, no thank you. What I was telling Joe would be interesting because I heard uh, Steve Austin say that the streak is actually more important than the title and anything else. Um, it would be kind of cool if if Sheamus actually decided to use his, his title shot to go after The Undertaker instead and to go, you know, I would love to see Sheamus end the streak, to be honest with you. I think the streak should end. I think The Undertaker's legacy is intact just fine without it. Um, I've Like I said, I've always hated the idea of the streak because Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, all who are, you know, be- better than The Undertaker, bigger than The Undertaker, all three of them, you know, and anybody else, Bret Hart, whoever you can think of, they all lost at WrestleMania. Everybody has lost at WrestleMania. So that's just my take on it, sir. Yeah, and, um, you know, last year when we had this discussion, I mentioned that there were uh, the only people who I think could beat The Undertaker and snap the streak is someone who um, would actually benefit from it, and that means someone who's young. Because even if Triple H does it, Triple H's legacy is secure too. Neither guy between Triple H or Undertaker needs that win. But if a young guy were to beat The Undertaker, snap the streak, he would suddenly be uh, rocketed to the top of, you know, every list around the world. And um, at the time, I thought Punk would be a a decent choice because, you know, you could even play a story there where, you know, Punk tries to be the pure wrestler versus Undertaker the cartoon. But, you know, again, clearly Punk is busy. I hadn't even thought of Sheamus, though, and I could see that happening. I don't know if Sheamus is ready for that kind of uh, push, because, you know, like you said, that's kind of bigger than the title. So I don't know about that. But uh, Sheamus would probably be the only other guy other than Punk who could snap the streak and not be crapped on by all the fans. Actually, you know what, I, I like your theory. I like DG's theory about, like, Shawn Michaels getting involved if they're going to do a Triple H Taker Part 3. But there is somebody that we're forgetting, and I know this is fantasy booking, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but there is somebody that just retired from the Ultimate Fighting Championship and oh, a better person to fight Undertaker. Here comes the pain. Than Brock Lesnar. Man, I don't know about that. You know what's weird? I actually uh, stopped watching wrestling for a few years, and those were the years of Brock Lesnar. So um, other than replays and other than his his farewell WrestleMania match, I've never uh-huh. seen a full match by Brock Lesnar. I don't know about his mic skills. I don't know anything about the guy. Um, if he is actually coming back, yeah, him beating The Undertaker would be interesting. But Brock's up there in age, isn't he? I mean, even if he comes no. back to WWE, no? How he's old is he? I don't even know how he's, old he is. He's about 34 at the oldest. He's he's relatively young. And considering, oh, okay. he, you know, with his diverticulitis and everything else, I mean, Triple H is in his 40s. These guys, Undertaker's about 1,000 years old. 
Um, you know, Brock is still relatively young. If he came back to wrestle, he's done with with UFC. Uh, he could probably get another five years, you know, out of his body, considering that he hasn't been brutalizing it the way that most wrestlers have. So, uh, since he's been away for so long, similar to The Rock, The Rock is pushing 40, but Rock hasn't wrestled in almost, you know, what, 10 years now, eight years. So his body is, is still younger than what it would be if he had been wrestling all these years. Fair enough. Um yeah, I mean, Brock could legitimately do it, and because of Undertaker's love of MMA, that could be a really strange match that goes outside of his character. But mm, I don't know. Right. I, I don't see them being able to get Brock back uh, and and make that return. And, you know, actually, well, he wouldn't need to be built up either, would he? Because he's no, already he got wouldn't. all that he, reputation. He's got his legacy already. Guys, even though it's your show, let me ask one question. Do you guys actually see Brock coming back to WWE? Because I've often wondered if the rift that was caused between Brock and WWE management was as bad as they said. I've been wondering if they would even allow him back. He, yeah, he would sell, He would put butts on the seat. But, you know, well, do you really think just, that they would want him back just for that? Let me just tell you this. They would wet, Vince McMahon would wet his pants at the possibility of having Brock Lesnar come back to the WWE First of all, his UFC fame was predicated solely on the fact that he's an ex-WWE guy. He's an ex-legit wrestler, NCAA world champion, uh, and, of course, being the WWE champion multiple times over. Uh, side note, I actually I actually looked this up, and Sheamus is actually 34, so Sheamus is not a young spring chicken either, but he's young in the business. So Brock is about the same age as him. But Vince would go nuts if he could somehow get Brock Lesnar to come back, and I don't see why not. I absolutely, I, I would almost bet my house on the fact that Brock will at some point at least come back for a WrestleMania match. But, you know, they put him in the game recently. They've mended the fences, as it were. So there's no doubt whatsoever that they want Brock back in some capacity. Undertaker and him even did a little thing. Uh, that people have been speculating, even last year's WrestleMania, that Brock would come back to fight Undertaker. So there's always that possibility. I mean, it would really be a monster matchup. Yeah, everything. Come on, Pyro. Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon had a lawsuit in the 90s. They hated each other's guts. Uh, Bret Hart and Vince. Bret punched yeah, Vince in the face. Yeah, I was going to say, the, Bret Hart I mean, that's the much worse. argument that, anyone, that you really shouldn't uh, should never say never in WWE. Yep. But uh, I, mean, yeah, I was just curious about uh, how you guys thought of it. Yeah, I, I just brought up the Brock name because if Triple H is not going to fight him, I think Brock is the only guy. I think you bring him back, that would be a huge match for for many reasons. I just don't think he'd be ready to come back in the couple of months they have left. That's the only, the only issue I would think, considering he's just doing UFC, would be that because he's probably still under contract with Dana White, so Vince would probably have to buy it out, but that would be amazing. Considering that The Rock is coming back for the big payday, and that's the main thing, I don't know if Brock would like to share the spotlight, but, you know, there's a lot of uh, yeah. wrestling shows out there that think that Austin's going to come back at WrestleMania 30 to fight CM Punk, and if Lesnar comes back, he'd only come back at WrestleMania next year. I mean, I don't agree with that, but... Uh, you know, it would be a big payday for him, and he's not going to be the main attraction as it were where The Rock would be. Yep. Yeah, so we, you're right. And the only thing is if uh, that is the plan for Brock, since we're fantasy booking anyway, if Brock is going to come back to deal with Undertaker, then he's got to be in it for the long haul. I mean, Brock can't just come back, do that match, and then pull an Undertaker and show up every year, you know, or even pull Brock and, you know, show up for – random pay-per-views here and there. If Brock is going to beat the Undertaker, if anyone's going to beat the Undertaker, for that matter, and snap the streak, it's got to be someone who's dedicated enough to professional wrestling to ride that momentum and that uh, notoriety, so to speak, for all of his career. They can't just do it and walk away. And, I agree you know, with that. 
but the problem is that's that, one of those things I'm oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so the problem is the Taker has been gone ten years, almost ten years to the day of WrestleMania twenty seven. Taker has been out that long. His first appearance at you know in any WWE capacity was just Monday. So last night, I mean, Taker does this all the time. So I don't see why somebody else couldn't. But you know, you're, you're right about that, sir. Yeah, and what we could do is we could have Brock somehow come in, and he might actually lose to Taker, and that would set up the ultimate match next year at WrestleMania, which would be the Undertaker's undefeated streak against John Cena, Superman. And oh, that, and, yeah. And that would be just, you know, the ultimate if John Cena was able to beat the Undertaker <laughs> at that point. So. That, that would be, it would make uh, the IWC go to collective uh, apoplexy, but it would still be really interesting <laughs> to watch. It definitely would. I, I mean, we're, we're running up on uh, to the end of the show. I just want to touch on the one last big topic was, um, you know, Johnny Ace, the interim general manager of Raw. He was about to be Future Endeavored, which, by the way, that's a pretty cool shirt that says Future Endeavor. Um, you know, Triple H was about to, to pull the plug. but I'm going to order one for you, sir. Yeah, but he didn't pull the plug right before the show ended. So what did you think of Johnny as the Raw general, interim general manager, and where do you think this this character goes from here? I honestly don't know, but uh, the sooner they get him off TV, the better. I'm hoping that since he wasn't fired, um, I, actually, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, not. I don't like it when they repeat storylines, but I'm all, honestly hoping that uh, Mr. Clown Shoes stays around for a little bit, but is basically the, um, is to Triple H as Drew McIntyre and Santino are to Teddy Long. But, you know, every week... Ace wants to do something, and then they, uh, you know, to keep his job, and Triple H sends him to do something humiliating, <laughs> you know. And, and we still haven't seen, we still haven't seen a Punk versus Ace match, or, you know, actually Punk hasn't touched him other than one GTS uh, last week on Raw. So I, I can't see Ace going away completely because, you know, Punk needs to, you know, settle the score so to speak, and fans will be all over that. So that's got to happen sometime, whenever it happens. So right, I don't think and, it's you know, away yet. Well, hopefully he'll go away for a long time. I mean, none of us here are, are fans of his, but you know, Pyro, we totally definitely t- appreciate you uh, giving us some time. It's been it's been a little while, not not as long as it seems, but it's definitely been a while. But we thank you once again for uh, you know spending some time with us here on uh, on Pure Gold. You're as always, you're, you're welcome, sir. Joe was saying we need to start getting uh, on fire with Pyro back on a regular basis because as the Super Bowl's ending and my, our Mets are going to be are going to be scum. It's going to be pretty slow for the next couple of months, probably, so we're thinking uh, we need to get uh, Pyro back on a regular basis. Absolutely, and I'll be uh, more than welcome to call in, like you said, once the Super Bowl's over and people start caring about wrestling again for three months. Yes, sir. As always, a pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care, folks. That was the one and only Joe Pyro Falcon of online onslaught fame. That's right. I mean... The road to WrestleMania is here, and like you said, DG, and like I told you in our production meeting, we definitely need to have On Fire with Pyro. We definitely need to have Josh Eisenberg on. We need to have the experts on, as you will, as we go on the road to WrestleMania, which I don't know, you know, it's on April Fool's. I, I'm just wondering if John Cena is going to win this match now, just off the top of my head, <laughs> as an April Fool's joke. But, yeah. um, we're coming up to the end of the show, sir, so I, I think it's only apropos that we talk about what we have in, in store for you on Saturday, our first live remote from Whole Foods Market. I think it is, sir, but before we do that, let's play a little clip. This is Miss Pennsylvania USA 2011, Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly a show about anything and everything. 
And Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Oh, yeah. Amber and Joe like it. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> Giving it, telling it like it is, of course. This is the show about anything and everything while we do tell it like it is. But, sir, um, you know, you mentioned the whole the whole mess there, but we have uh, our huge show on Saturday. Huge. Biggest show in the history of PG. We are excited. We are thrilled. We can't wait to eat all the food at Whole Foods. We can't wait, sir, to go absolutely nuts. That's right. We'll be previewing the Super Bowl. It's got, you know, it's the rematch from four years ago. The New England Patriots take on the New York Giants. I don't understand how the Giants are the underdogs, but we'll see how that plays out. We'll discuss everything from soup to nuts. What everybody's been discussing for the last week at, you know, basically Radio Row. Basically, these guys just talk basically. about they talk about everything for a full week. It just gets so boring. We're going to break it down for you in two hours. We're going to talk about. Everything from the Giants to the Patriots, talk about legacies. We're going to talk about everything that we possibly can, and we're going to enjoy some food. <laughs> we're going to talk about Super Bowl commercials. We're going to talk about Super Bowl traditions, like Joe said. We're going to talk about Super Bowl food. I mean, we're going to talk about everything, sir. But you mentioned Radio Row, sir. You mentioned the great Radio Row and something that has to be discussed, sir. Something that absolutely must be talked about, even if just for a couple of minutes. Would that be the uh, one that be show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. That voice right there, sir. I don't even know what to say. I mean, we had Mike and the Mad Dog. Oh, uh, is that all? For about thirty minutes. Is that all? <laughs> That's all that they could fit, I guess, because Russo's show goes on at two o'clock. So. Sir, that was that was truly PG. That was pure gold. That was amazing. I got goosebumps. I saw it on Twitter. Thanks for everybody on Twitter pointing it out. Mike and the Mad Dog was actually trending on Twitter, which is amazing. I'll bet Mike never thought that was going to happen. The Sports Pope and the Mad Dog together again, sir. I mean, they were talking over each other. They were talking at the same time. It was truly beautiful to see those two back together. And like Greg Giannotti said, like everybody said, it shows you the void left in in, uh, in radio, and it shows you that Mike needs Chris. Chris needs Mike. I've always said that Mike is more a little more knowledgeable about sports. Chris is more likable. But together they form the ultimate team, sir. They sure do. And just like I mentioned on Mike's show, on May 9th, 2011, I mentioned that those two guys are really the inspiration for Joe me. Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? Yeah, exactly. That was the day that I called in. And, you know, we talked about how they were the inspiration for us doing our show Yep. as we rapidly approach our 100th episode. Oh, my goodness, sir. Do you have a show on the Internet? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, you know, at the end of March, we'll actually hit our 100th episode, which is amazing once we enter the new studios. Hopefully, at least this year goes through. The Pure Gold Studios. But, sir, I mean, we have uh, just two minutes left. They were amazing. It was wonderful. They are the inspiration for us. They inspire us and everybody else out there. Uh, they were the best team in radio history, and we hope to be the second best. Yep, and then hopefully one day we'll surpass them, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that was an amazing spot, sir. I know. I mean, what was your favorite part of the whole thing? I, I just love the idea how they tried to cram everything in that half an hour. They talked about the Yankees. They talked about the Super Bowl. And, and, and then once in a while, like, Russo would just get off character and just be like, how the hell are you doing, Mike? <laughs> Do you guys haven't talked to each other off the air? It's a little weird. It, I mean, it is a little weird. It seems like they haven't talked off the air, but he hugged them. I mean, there were people tweeting pictures of them. People were talking about Mike and the dog. I mean, so it was it was fantastic, and I absolutely loved it. And speaking of being talked about, there's somebody who's uh, who's been talking about our show 
But i got to throw this out there. Hey, everyone. This is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. And Pure Gold is the best show on the radio. So make sure you tune in, check out the latest in entertainment, news, and sports. Thank you, Brittany, the lovely Brittany Don Brandon. So i got to mention this before we close out. Because um, I'm making the matter was amazing. We hope they get back together. But, sir, BrittanyDawnBrandon.com just launched today. She was one of our best guests. She is actually our most listened to of all the Miss USA contestants. And, sir, in her new section, she even put recent work, pure gold, linked to our show. All the people who go look at her look and say, oh, look at this hot mama, they're also going to be listening to PG, which is amazing. We love her for that. And we also uh, had Brittany Bell who has an amazing reel on YouTube where you could check it out, the reel, R-E-E-L, Brittany Bell. You can look up all her characters and things, amazing video, amazing stuff. But, folks, as we close out this show, 30 seconds left, we thank you for listening. We thank you for being a part of PG. Make sure you tune in on Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks to Pyro. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it P uh 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 G. Good night, everybody. Woo. I got two words. Yee.